holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Amen. This morning's sermon text is probably familiar maybe to everyone here with few exceptions. Matthew chapter 28, what is commonly called the Great Commission. And in Christ's name, I've got all five verses again up on the screen. I'm going to highlight the actual commissioning for the sermon today. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And in Christ's name, I'm actually going to accent just two, two parts of that today. The word go and the word all. Go and make disciples of all nations. I think that's a message we need to hear in this day and age, especially in these United States of America. Before I get to that, I'm going to share with you what I will probably share again in some form or fashion. I hope every Lutheran pastor shares multiple times. And that is this topic of law and gospel, right? Law and gospel. You should have picked this up in more detail at some point. Junior confirmation class, newcomer class. Law and gospel, the two main thrust of God's word. They're, they're not contradictory, they're complementary, right? This is actually the screen I use in the newcomer class. The law is what God commands of us to be and do. The gospel is what God does. Good for us in our place and always in and because of Jesus Christ. Gospel means good news. The law, of course, always shows our sin. The gospel shows our Savior and his grace. And the law should always be proclaimed to unrepentant sinners. You tell someone the gospel without the law, hey, Jesus saves you. And they may ask, from what? <laughs> Feeling they're doing okay, not knowing God's deserved damnation. And the gospel is always proclaimed to those who are repentant. Someone comes terrified of their sin and punishment. We don't say to them, well, you know what you did was bad. That's law. We say, you know what you did is forgotten by God because of the blood of Christ covering you. Law and gospel. So many times when the gospel should and does predominate all through the Bible, even here I'm going to show, we see mostly law because we're creatures of law, right? By nature we want to do something to correct what we haven't done. That's why every other religion in the world is a religion of law 
You've got to do something to placate God. Obey certain rules, keep certain traditions, pray five times a day towards Mecca, throw a virgin in the volcano, whatever. But the message of the way of Christ is predominantly gospel. Go through your Bible and look and see. And yet, at times, we don't. I'll give you my main two examples. I always give one. I'm not going to explain, tease you a bit. What we call the Ten Commandments are not the Ten Commandments. In a lot of different ways, yes, they are commands of God, but we have left out the original first. If you look at Exodus chapter 20, the first word God spoke in that list, and the most ancient list is, is not a commandment at all. It's not law, it's gospel. I am the Lord your God who delivered you. And what do we do? We move straight to the commandments. And the other is the Sabbath. It is gospel. Is it not? We heard the account of God wove this into the fabric of creation, stopping. That's what the word actually means. Ceasing. As an example for you and for me. It's a gift. Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man. Here's a gift. You don't have to do everything. God does it. Rest in him. It's not man for the Sabbath with all kinds of rules that you have to obey. And I believe the same is true of what we call the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations. Now there are commands here, but I will tell you that first word go is not strictly speaking a command in the original language. It's not an imperative there. It is, if you want the technical stuff, a participle. Going. Going. Make disciples of all nations. It's the medium in which you do this. You are going. I think Trinity Lutheran Church has recognized this at least formally, if not with everyone personally, including the pastor, more than many congregations. The mission of this church is to make disciples, maybe not primarily at 2001 Hunter Street in Tyler, Texas. It's when you are going, and you must. I haven't heard so much anymore. What I heard a lot when I first became a pastor from my colleagues and I bought into it too. I do most of my evangelism from the pulpit. Well, strictly speaking, evangelism is sharing the gospel with those who don't know it. And generally on Sunday mornings, most if not everybody does. <laughs> to reach people without the gospel, the good news of Jesus, you gotta, you gotta go to them. And your primary church work is when you leave at work, school, in your families, maybe most of all, neighbors, businesses, 
That's where our mission is, going. And it's not just physical going, it's emotional too and personal. Now that's the problem I put in the email this past week. If you didn't get it, there are some on the table to the right. As I discuss what's happening in our society, I think the big problem is that people aren't listening one to another, really going to each other and spending time. A phrase used so much in our churches these days is to walk alongside someone. You may not agree with them. They may be caught in sin, but go and be with them. I won't ask for a show of hands how many white folks basically here today went to the rally protest in the Tyler Town Square just to be. Maybe not to join in, in all the things being said, but be. I only went for a short time. My best experience was a conversation with a little girl sitting by the fountain there. I said, don't fall in. <laughs> but it helped me to understand as a white man, what black men and women and children are going through. And vice versa, too. We need to go. Because it's the only way, really, to make disciples of, of all peoples. You heard me say peoples. I know almost every translation says make disciples of all nations. But the, the word there really applies to the situation we're facing in our society now. I'll give that, this one to you in Greek. You know it. Ethne. Huh? We get the word ethnic. Ethnicity from it. Go and make disciples of all ethnic groups. All kinds of people. Wow, what a message for us today. As we, we go to all people, black and white, Republicans, Democrats, <laughs> citizens, police, even politicians, we go with the, the message of Christ. And we go and make disciples, it says there. Now that is a command in the Greek. Make disciples. But I think the word make is added and changes the connotation. I might offer the Shinaru translation. Go therefore, going therefore, and disciple all peoples. Make them, if we use the word make, join them. Have them join you as followers of Jesus. It's not that we do the making. You, you know this, right? Last Sunday on Pentecost, I should have quoted 1 Corinthians chapter 12, maybe the main verse about the work of the Holy Spirit. No one can say Jesus is Lord, be a disciple, except in the Holy Spirit. It is the Spirit who's really making disciples. As we disciple people, in the triune God's name. We just are baptizing, these are participles too, the way we do it, teaching, 
sharing his grace through the water and the word, through the promise of the body and blood, through quoting the Bible, as I said last week, that's prophecy. That's God speaking through you. And it is primarily here in Matthew chapter 28. Jesus, who, who does the most, I want to show you with the highlights here, who does things here in Matthew 28? Yes, there's the command to us, make disciples. And yes, there are descriptions of what the disciples did. The 11 disciples, uh, Judas had not yet been replaced, went. So they, they did something. They went to Galilee. But this was to the mountain to which Jesus previously had directed them. Jesus acted first and said, through his angels, we know from scripture, go to the mountain in Galilee, right? So he had initiated that. When they saw him, yes, they worshipped him. But again, that comes from the Spirit. And even there it's qualified. It was worship even tainted by sin. Some doubted. Isn't that amazing? So Jesus came. Again, what a picture of our Savior initiating the coming to us while we were yet sinners in the flesh and then initiating the payment for sin, initiating your resurrection with his, initiating your ascension into heaven. He came and said to them, he's the one really speaking here. Maybe the main verse of this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore... It's on the basis of what Jesus has done and is doing that we have this great commission. Go, going, disciple all peoples, baptizing, teaching. But the last line is his too. Behold, in all this, I am with you always to the end of the age. It is a most familiar section of scripture, maybe next to John 3.16, the most, right? And yet whenever you come into contact with the word you may think you know so well, look for something new. I did this week, and maybe I'd seen this before, but it, 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 it rang new to me. That last line, again to get technical, actually has an extra pronoun in the Greek. It's not just the verb, I am. The pronoun is added, I, I am with you always. In Spanish, you can say, I speak, hablo. Or you can really emphasize, yo hablo, right? I speak, I, Jesus said, as we go forth. Serving him, worshiping him, following him. His last word to you and first word is I. I am with you always. He is the one through you going to all peoples. Amen.